You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So we're talking about unfeigned faith, and right now we're talking about being a doer. So we, we, we uh, kind of, the Spirit of God helped me, the Holy Ghost taught me uh, just something that I've never used to, to teach this before, but I went through the Word. And I looked at three things when it comes to doing, you know, and so we're just going to dive in because if I keep reviewing, I'm never going to get to where I want to go. Uh, we're going to be teaching on faith until Jesus comes, which I'm going to do anyway. But, um, but we're just, I just felt like we can go ahead and, and get through some stuff. But there are some things you see with that. Remember, we looked in James. And we looked at one version of the word of God. It says that faith that does nothing is dead. it's dead. And then the, the, remember the cool version I gave you? Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. So everybody say that. Faith that does nothing, faith that does nothing. is worth nothing. I mean, I know you, and the true faith without corresponding actions is what? It's dead. It's dead faith. And how you know dead faith doesn't receive? Dead faith doesn't have the promises, right? But there's some interesting things. And so we talked about, so we've been talking about this. So number one, you see even in the gifts of the spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, which you just saw some, but in that there was demonstration. And even like, remember, like the man with the withered hand, just like I told whoever that was to get up on the balls of their feet. This, remember the, the man with the withered hand, Jesus said, stand up. So the first part of receiving their miracle, even though it was the gifts of the spirit, in other words, the Holy Ghost is originating that and um, the, it's a gift. What happened though? He said, stretch, he said, stand up, stand forth. And then what? Stretch forth your hand. You know, and I used to see that as stretching forth your elbow because you can't stretch forth your hand because it's withered. But he didn't tell him to stretch forth his elbow. He told him to stretch forth his, he told him to do something he couldn't do. I, no, I said he told him to do something he couldn't do. Right? And, it, and they did it. And remember the key to miracles, the key to a lot of this stuff is what uh, Mama Mary said to the disciples, whatever he says, do it. Everybody say, just do it. You got to do it, right? Without corresponding actions, faith that does nothing is worth nothing. And so we, we spent, if, this, if you're new to this, then I implore you to go to the cwl.org, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, all the sermons are free. Uh, they don't cost you anything. Just go get them and load up on this. Amen. And so we saw then, even with the gifts of the Spirit, there's, there was an action sometimes. And without doing that action, that person would not have received. And now what we're looking at, and hopefully get to the other one, but number two is, things, the actions were God initiated. The actions, now faith is not necessarily, faith, the faith in these was not always initiated by God. The faith would have been in, initiated by the person, but the action given was given by God to do something. And so that's what we're looking at. So let's look at this one. Um, um, the feeding of the multitudes. Okay. Let's look at Mark chapter six, Mark chapter six. Mark chapter six, we'll just look, start at verse 35 and we'll get going. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy them bread for they have nothing to eat. So we got a crowd full of full spiritual people, but they hungry. And you know, hungry people we, we got trouble. And he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, uh, you want us to go and buy uh, 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? You want us to go all the places round about and try to buy up all the stores and give them something to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go, go and see. So what is, what's the first thing? He said, you give them something to eat. And they answered back. But then he said, you go find some bread. You go find some bread. How many loaves do we have? And, and so what did they have to do? They had to go. What did they have to do? They couldn't just kind of twiddle their thumbs and like, uh, nobody has any bread. They had to go find some bread. So that's an action. And, and that when they knew, they said, here's five bread, five loaves, and two fishes. And you know, when Rick Renner was here, he talked about those are, you know, basically crackers. 
Not, not even footlongs. These are crackers and sardines, basically. Yuck. Anyway, and so, and he commanded them to break to all, so, so, and he commanded. So this is now, this is from God's, this, Jesus is the son of man. Here he's anointed by the spirit of God. The Holy, he said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. I don't say anything unless my father says it. So I'm about to do something. I'm about, what it, so what do he say? Uh, and um, how many loaves you have, go and see, and all that. And he said, um, commanded them to make, sit down in companies upon the green grass. And they sit down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. So he said, set people in hundreds. So what do they got to do? They got to count. He didn't say 50. So we got to have somebody who's an organizer here, but he's got to sit him down in order for the miracle to work. And when he'd taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven, blessed and break the loaves and gave them to the disciples. So then what, how does this miracle work? It's similar to the water turning into wine, right? Fill the water pots, go bear the cup. I'm trying to show you, even on God's end, if we do what God says, your faith is working. In our circles, a lot of times we'll say, well, I believe I receive, even with the tune. I believe I receive. But if you don't do, your faith is worth nothing. It's dead. If, more, if the King James makes you more comfortable, my faith ain't worth nothing. Well, it's dead. And if something's dead, it's worth nothing. It's dead. She just gave you a more palatable thing, not productive. It's dead and it's worth nothing. It's dead and it's worth nothing. The demons believe that God can. The demons believe that. Come on, y'all. We got better faith than demon faith. Right? And so when we get instructions, where do the instructions come? Well, that'd be nice, Pastor Mark, if the Lord would give me instructions, but he's not giving me instructions. Well, first of all, you're a doer of the word full of instructions. But I also would tell you the Holy Ghost is talking to you. He leads you. He guides you. I'm not talking about a voice. I'm talking about a knowing. And you all have that knowing. You have that knowing. And you have to believe that you have that knowing. So he can talk to you. So he did what he, but what did he do? He took the, and he blessed it. He didn't just pray over it. He blessed it. What does the blessing do? The blessing of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow to it. As he blessed it, the anointing of God came on it and he gave it to them. And as he gave it to them, it multiplied. Yeah. It didn't all multiply behind and they need a bunch of storage bins. It multiplied as he gave it. It multiplied as they obeyed. Yeah. It multiplied as they obeyed. We, we and hu our human nature wants to wait till we have everything we need before we move. That is not faith. That is just like the world. You move on what God said. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Let's look at this one. Acts 14. Now nah, let's do this. Let's do this. I, um, I, I'm going to give you some. Um, uh, this just helps. Um, we had um, a guy that was on staff here. He'd gotten married to, and most of you know, uh, Mark and Verna. Um, they had gotten, Mark had gotten married to Verna. She's from the Philippines and they were here for a while. And then I think it was after Jillian was born. Um, they're at Raymond now. Jillian's on their worship team and all that. And David too. And they do things there, but that's where they're in case you don't know them, but these are real people. Okay. And most of you, some of you know them, they're real people. And so they were in the Philippines and they had a huge children's ministry. One of the best I've ever seen in the world. I remember going and ministering there and just couldn't hardly stand for the crying and watching all of them. They're just the grace to minister to these children getting born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed. Just a great thing. And they also had a, a church on their heart. And so we went over there one time and we were praying. And uh, so we spent about at their house. We, Pastor Ron and I were there. Uh, we were there for something, but we were praying with them in their house. And they were needing a building. They were needing a building in Manila. And so uh, we got done praying. And um, I said, well, let's go look. And I remember they're like, now? I'm like, we just prayed. We just believed. Yeah, right now. Right now. Let's go. 
And so he looked at me like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? I'm like, we're going to look. This is Manila, y'all. I mean, no, it's Manila. I don't know if you if you've even look. There, this is huge. So I just so to 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 lessen the fright, to lessen the thing, because it would take it would take a month to look all over Manila. But I asked, begin to ask him questions by the Holy Ghost. What, what what's on your heart? What regions on your heart? Okay. So we got rid of four regions and we're left with one. That narrows it down. Is there a particular area? Well, yeah. So this area. Even kind of a particular like area, like a real area. So I said, let's go. So we got in, we got in the car and we went. Huh? You weren't there. Oh, it was just me? Okay. Uh, so we, I went with them and we prayed. And then we got to this particular place that, that they're like, we'd, this, they already knew. It was just too big. They already knew. So, I, well, we kind of, this, this old bank. But I, I, so let's, you know, is anyone going to shoot us if we go around, walk around it or anything? You know, I don't know where I'm at, you know. So we go on the property and we begin to pray. Begin to pray. And then I sense that this is it. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, let's call him now. <laughs> let's call the owner now. Let's call him now. So it began, and you know, the end of the story is they were there. They got it. They got supernatural favor. They were able to use it, not only for children's church, but they started another church there. Um, but just to tell you the whole truth about it, just to have a building where the children of the area could come to and see 200, 250 of them there at a time and get ministered to, um, um, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But that's how you get it. Some of you, I'm going to get to this maybe tonight. I'm just waiting on God. Really? Really? We'll find out. We'll find out. Most of the time you're not. It's our new thing in our circle. Something doesn't manifest. So we're just waiting on our manifestation. We're just, we're just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. I don't want to get out ahead of God. Well, I agree that you should never get out ahead of God, but you shouldn't be 10 miles behind him either. And when it comes to receiving things from God, waiting on God is not inactive. Amen. It's not passive. And really, in a lot of things, you're going to find out when I get to it sometime in the next month, that it's going to be, it's not just speaking words. There's action to it. Yes, words can be action. And sometimes, remember, just so nobody gets mad at me or anybody watching, don't get mad at me. I haven't given up on confession. I ministered five hours on it. And sometimes speaking to it's enough. God created the world with his, with his mouth, with his words. And Moses spoke to a rock. And one time he got in trouble for hitting a rock. Because he was, you know, he, one time he, he hit something. The next time he was supposed to speak to it, then he got in trouble for uh, hitting the rock. That's how it worked. He was supposed to, he, first time he hit it, the sec, to, it was a representation of Jesus. You remember that? Sometimes words are enough. But faith that does nothing is worth nothing. There has to be corresponding actions. You cannot, my spiritual father, you say it this way. God cannot steer a parked bus. Amen. You know, a lot of times we're waiting. Well, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And it's just like if you're in a car and someone said, put it in reverse. And you're like, okay, where, okay, where are we going? Crickets. I said, put it in reverse. But where are we going? You, you see, you got to learn who you're working with. And you're working with God. And if he told you to put it in reverse, you trust him. Amen. And what do you do? Well, I put it in reverse until as long as I need it in reverse. What's next? He'll tell you when your reverse is done. Usually not before. You, so, so can you see, well, how are we going to feed all these people? I said, sit them down in hundreds. Sit them in fifties. Bring me the, the bread and the little fish. He did his part, but they did their part, and that's what caused the provision. That's what caused the faith with corresponding, those corresponding action caused the miracle. Your action, your corresponding action, what you do with what God says, being a doer of the word. You know, even in Deuteronomy 28, everybody in our circles, they love to talk. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. But the first verse is really, really important. Amen. If you would hearken, hearken is more than hear. 
You got, you got to hearken, you got to hear and do. That even back then in the old covenant, all the Abrahamic blessings were, were they, the only way they could take effect is if you heard and did them. And then God was able to do for you. Yes, you are the head. Yes, you are the tail. But even if you take that over to Galatians 3, 13, 14 and verse 29, it says by faith. What is by faith? By faith is believing something, saying something and doing something. Amen. Y'all good? Hallelujah. Let's look at this one. Um, let's see. Anything else I want to tell you? Um, um, you know, let's look, at, let's look at this one. Acts 14. This one just, I, oh, so good. Acts 14. Acts 14. Sorry, verse 8. And they're set at, uh, uh, they're preaching the gospel. So preaching the good news. And there sat a certain man in Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. So you got a guy sitting there. Uh, he never walked, crippled from his mother's womb. The same heard Paul speak. How does faith come? By hearing. So what, is, so what is Paul preaching? The gospel, the good news. So what does the good news include? The good news includes Jesus took stripes on his back so that you could be healed. The good news is that Jesus became a curse so the blessings of Abraham would come on you. I mean, he has a revelation. He's preaching that. The same heard Paul speak. Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving so Paul, this is not the Holy Ghost uh, manifestations. This is not one of the nine. This is not gifts of healing. This is not word of knowledge. He, there's a perception. So anytime you see the perception, what do you know? Because you all, that's how you're led. John 10, uh, 3 through 5. My sheep hear, they know my voice. The voice of a stranger they won't follow. Where do you know God's voice? You, uh, first, first John 5 and 10 says you, uh, your spirit bears witness. His spirit, his spirit. Uh, there's the bearing witness, Romans 8, 14, and being led, uh, 16, and uh, your inner man, uh, that's where, you know, that's where the perceiving happens. Uh, Mark 2, 8, Jesus perceived. Even Jesus perceived. What is that? That's an inward knowing, not based on outward facts. Amen. Here's Paul. He's preaching the gospel. He perceives this man has, does this, what, is it, what does he perceive this man has? What does he perceive? So faith is perceivable. If you can perceive it in someone else, you surely can know if you're in it or not. People ask me, if someone asks me, Pastor Mark, do you think I'm in faith? No, if you have to ask me, you're not. Do you have to ask me if you're born again? Do you? If someone asks you, do you think I'm born again? <laughs> what, what should you do? Get them born again. Right? Why? Because salvation is no so. Put up 1 John 5 and 10. I tried to fumble around it. Let's put up 1 John 5 and 10. Whoever my friend is up there tonight. Bless you. He that believes on the Son of God has a witness. What's that? Has a, a witness. And, uh, 1 John 2, 20 and 27 calls it an unction. Calls it a knowing. How are you led by the it's Perception. So back to this, Paul perceived. Everybody say perceived. perceived. So it's not a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. It's not a word of knowledge. He perceived. So uh, Acts 14, 8 through 10. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him. He perceived that he had faith to be healed. Okay, before we read this next verse, let me ask you a question. Can you have faith to be healed and not get healed? And I think that's where a lot of people are. He didn't tell him to say something. The only way you can get born again is to say something. But here he had, everybody say he had faith. Didn't he have faith? The Bible, Paul perceived it. He had it. He had faith to be healed. And then verse 10 says what? told him to stand up. He said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. So what did he have to do? He had faith to be healed. He was sitting there with faith to be healed. He was sitting there with faith. If Paul, the Holy, thank God for the Holy Ghost, he doesn't want to leave us where we're at. He is not a taskmaster. He is not overbearing. He is not hard. 
He wants you to get it probably more than you want to get it. He's our helper. He, he's our helper. So he let Paul perceive this man had faith to be healed. But this man, even though he had faith to get it, he wasn't going to get it until he did something. So with a loud voice, he said, why? Because faith without corresponding actions is dead. Faith that doesn't do anything is not worth anything. He he did everything right. And it is our circles today all over. It's where we're at. We have heard something because we are big on the hearing. We're big on the writing down. If you're writing down, taking notes, keep doing it. Right? We're big on the notes. We're big on the nodding of the head. We're big on saying amen. We're big. That was a good message. We're, we're, that's, and that's wonderful. We're, we want more revelation. We want more revelation. Give us more revelation. Oh, Lord, we need more revelation. I need more revelation. Come on, I've ministered in India where they went to Bible school on six weeks and they were raising the dead. They used the revelation they got. Come on, we got to make sure that we're, you, uh, my, this church, you, <laughs> you know more, you believe more than, than most. We should be seeing more. We should be experiencing more. How are we going to get it? We're going to act. And remember, so, so nobody gets crazy on me. Remember, Ollie's Jesus and everybody was touching him. Everybody was acting. Everybody was trying to get something from Jesus. But then he said, who touched me? Why did he ask who touched me? Because he didn't know who touched him. Well, yeah, he did. He's Jesus. No, he didn't know or he wouldn't have asked. Who touched me? And so this little woman, man, she's healed for the first, she's free for, you know, for, she spent all her money. She, she, this is a, this is a good, she would, she ninja got her healing and she was ninja going away. She didn't have to tell anybody. She didn't want to be in the Bible necessarily. She wasn't there for anybody else. She was there to get hers because she heard something. She said something. She did something. We're going to look at her in just a minute, uh, you know, but I'm just, but it's not just an action. Who touched me? Everybody's touching you. Why? Because they heard if you touched him, but they were trying something. So I'm not talking about just doing stuff random. Gifts of the spirit. Holy Ghost say, do something. You do it with confidence. The Holy Spirit leads you or you have confidence in a minister or, or somebody, and they say, do this, you know to do it. So he said with a loud voice, stand up right on your feet. And what happened? As he, as he began, he couldn't, he's crippled. He began to, whatever, if he began to push on his hands, whatever, strength came to him and he began to leap and walk. And I mean, it was a, it was a marvelous day, right? Yeah. But he had the faith, but if Paul had not perceived He'd have, he'd have gone home again that night, crippled. He had faith to be healed, but he had to do something. He had to do something. Do something. Do something. So let's talk about the one with the issue of blood. Because that's the, the next, the last kind, is there are, there are accounts in the word of God where it's not by the gifts of the Holy Ghost that we're told to do something. It's not, it's, uh, the faith was instigated by a person, but then the Lord from the, what we've seen or the Holy Spirit told someone to do something like Paul told this man to stand up. There are some, and this is probably where you and I uh, would mostly be, is like the one with the issue of blood. No one, God didn't tell them to do anything, but their faith where they were told them to do something. Their faith told them to do something, you know, uh, without, cause we use her all the time, but the one with the issue of blood, I mean, she came in ninja, but she's world famous. Anybody who teaches on pray on faith, you got to talk about the one with the issue of blood. <laughs> Everyone, when, when we all get to heaven, we're all going to look for her and thank her because she heard something. She believed something. She said something and her saying, again, I'm going to tell you again, her saying wasn't out loud for everybody to hear it. The Bible says she said within herself. Her confession of faith was not for everybody else's benefit. She wasn't putting on no show. She believed something because she heard something. 
And she said something. And she went about to do something. She had to press through a crowd. And she really wasn't supposed to be out. At least, what did, it, what did we hear? She was supposed to, at least if she was out, be yelling, unclean, unclean. There's no account of her yelling, unclean, unclean, because she's saying, if I can but touch him. She can't talk out loud yelling, unclean, when she's saying on the inside, if I can but touch him. I'm going to touch him. Everybody better get out of the way, because I'm fixing to touch him. I'll even throw her a little southern in there. I'm fixing to touch him. Hallelujah. I, I'm getting ready to touch him. She went and touched him. She was on her way home, healed. And he said, who touched me? But who initiated this one? Jesus was not having a healing meeting. He was not in a crusade. There's times when he had a crusade kind of thing where he laid hands on everybody and they all, they all were healed. He, he, Jairus going to Jairus, you know, uh, house. Just, do you remember the woman here? Uh, he was on his way to Jairus's house. He was getting ready to raise somebody from the dead or he, you know, that was sick or, and then later died. But, but he was just walking. And somebody touched him. Come on, doesn't have to be a big deal. Just to you. But her faith caused her to do something. Amen? Let's look at uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Woo, hallelujah. Are you all ready to do something? Well, I'm ministering to you. That's what I had in my heart. Again, I want to challenge you. What are you believing for? What do you need to happen? What has God provided? Now, I'm not telling you to make something up. I'm not telling you to make something up. I'm telling you to get with the Lord because you can hear his voice. You are his sheep. You know his voice. The voice of a stranger you will not follow. Walking by faith, just like the, the one with the issue of blood, compelled her to do something. Uh, this guy right here, Mark chapter 10. We call him Blind Bart. Uh, Mark 10, 46. It says, um, and they came to Jericho, and as the, he went in, out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind, uh, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. How many know healing is a mercy of God? And many charged him that he should shut up. Yo, hey, be quiet in the back. Shh. Be quiet. Silly beggar. That's what they were doing. Just rude. Watch how this changes, though. He began to cry out and ask him, and then and many charged me he should hold us peace. That's a nice way to say shut up. But he cried the more. He didn't care. Because see, when the Lord, when you believe something, you're going to do something, it's not for everybody's approval. Because you're not putting on a show. You're doing it because the Lord told you. Listen to me. I would never be in Alabama if I had done what everybody said. I wouldn't have stayed here if I had done what everybody said. But when you believe something, it causes you to do something. And listen, when it comes to the doing part, I think it's okay to check in with headquarters and make sure you're doing the right thing. Amen. I, they've heard this over and over. Um, so the first service, you remember it was November the uh, 7th, 1993. We got married on the 11th, hallelujah, two years later in 95. So you remember that you weren't there. I remember you weren't there. <laughs> you didn't know about me, I know, or the church. Nobody did. Absolutely nobody. And so, um, so I had to, and I tell this story all the time, I wasn't fasting on purpose. I was just so sick I couldn't eat because I had just given up my life in Illinois, my good life, and I was here, and I thought I'd heard from God. And, you know, I had friends and family, thank God, that came to help me start the first service. But there was only a mom and her two daughters that came, and they never came back. And uh, um, I'm, the next Sunday, nobody showed, except for the couple that was helping me. And I remember nobody came, and they got up to do some more work on the building, and I told them to sit down. I was going to preach to them. It was the hardest sermon I ever did in my life because I don't think they wanted to hear it, but I made them hear it anyway because I prepared it, and we have a church. 
I did an action because the Holy Ghost told me to. I, we have a church. Doesn't look like a church. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open up. There are no people. But my action, so but I, my point of this count again to you, and most, a lot of you have heard it. It's just I had to get along with God again. Sometimes when you're doing an action, not just relating to healing, but your life, you're doing what you thought the Lord told you to do. I think it's okay to check in again because we can make mistakes. God's perfect. You and I haven't quite arrived yet. I don't think it's wrong to check in again. I don't think it's a lack of faith just to make sure you're doing the right thing. And so I remember um, I was living this, this couple, we lived up on Pulaski Pike and I could take you to the, the carpet of the downstairs rental house we were. It was brown and it was mostly not smelling good, but I decided to put my nose in it. And this is what I said to God. I said, you're gonna tell me one more time. I need to hear one more time. Am I in the right place at the right time doing the right thing? And he, and I'm not, and I said to him, and I'm not moving until you talk to me. You say, you talk to God that way? Well, you should hear the way he talks to me. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't have a good relationship, but I'm okay with him straightening me out. So he said to me immediately, you're in the right place, the right time and the right thing. Don't ever forget, it wasn't a couple Sundays later, a lady named Dorothy, who's at home with Jesus. She walked through the door and the Holy Ghost said to me, from this day, hereafter forever, you'll do nothing but grow. Now, that's still up to me because I can mess everything all up, you know, but I don't plan on it. And even during this pandemic, we got so many new people. Hallelujah. When everybody all gets back together, we're probably going to have to start planning for a new building or something. Hallelujah. But my point is this. I had to hear again that I was doing. Everybody say doing. Because I don't want to do the wrong thing, neither do you. But I didn't make it up. I didn't have weird pizza one night and decide I'm going to move to Alabama. Right? I heard. You can't, you want to hear. And even when it comes to physical healing, if you feel prompted or a minister says, but, but there is faith you can initiate from your own. Um, and, and that faith will initiate you to do something. So here's blind Bartimaeus, blind Bart. And he, he's... Where is he? He's calling out and everybody told him to shut up. And, G, and he said, the son of David, have mercy on me. He's, he's yelling. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind men saying, now they're all in. Hey, dude, I know you. Be a good comfort. Rise. He calls you. And then he did something. Now, most of you have seen this before, but, I, but see, it's, if you don't know what is, what's happening. So in those days, someone who begs wore a certain cloak, a certain garment to identify you have the privilege, if it's a privilege, you have the right to beg here. And so you had a cloak on because why is he taking it off if you don't understand that? And he did this. He cast away his garment. Why? Because I'm done begging now. Because I'm done begging now. He, he wasn't trying to do something. He believed something. That's why he wouldn't let anybody else tell him to shut up. Because in that time, Jesus was just in certain places at certain times. He's everywhere now. As a matter of fact, he lives in you. I said he lives in you. He lives in you. So he cast away his garment because I don't have to beg no more. And he cast it down. And Jesus answered and said to him, now this is interesting. Does Jesus know what he wants? Does he know? He absolutely knows because somebody had to, unless he's just going like this, probably some of those people that told him to shut up. So let me take you up there. Let me take you up there. Right? So he's going up there and then Jesus asks him a question. 
What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You can have everything that he provided. It's all done. What do you want? The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And immediately, what do you want? I want to I see. And Jesus said what? Your faith. What, what got him there? His action. And what really got him there was if, if the taking off of the cloak to signify, I am, I, I'm done here. I'm done here. This is, I'm done here. And then he, then he, then he followed Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Luke 17. Sometimes the initiation comes from the Holy Ghost, but sometimes it's you, the woman with the issue of blood, her faith initiated her action. Blind Bartimaeus, his faith initiated the action. I love this. You know, around here we always say everybody's got to have four crazy friends. If you're not, don't have four crazy friends, you be a crazy friend and they'll, and they'll just be, you'll be, you know, it'll happen. Hallelujah. Luke 17. It says that it came, verse 11, and it came to pass, he went to Jerusalem. I just looked at the clock. I'm sorry. I came to Jerusalem. I was thinking, oh my goodness. Okay. Came to Jerusalem. These Wednesday nights, I think it goes faster. Anyway, um, so where are we? And it came to pass, he went through Jerusalem. We're in Jerusalem. He came uh, through in the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 lepers. Right? And so these 10 lepers, what did they do? They lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, so, th- so they're asking for something. And then he, then this is, this is one part of this is just Jesus initiated what they did. Right? So here, what's going on? So there's 10 of them. He tells all 10 of them to go do something. What would be not be good is to stand there and say, uh, Lord, we have mercy on us. And keep standing there looking at themselves, looking at their um, disease, looking at their leprosy, saying, Lord, have mercy on us. Just standing there. He, because after he told them what to do, there's no... Until you do that, just standing there saying something again is not what's necessary. What's necessary to have the faith to have happen is the corresponding action. And what is the corresponding action? He said, uh, go show yourself to the priest, because that's what it was in that day. So they were to go to show themselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, everybody say, as they went. So as they did their corresponding action that came from the Lord, they were healed. So by the time they got to the priest, they were all healed of leprosy. But as they went, you know the rest of the story, but let's look at it. And one of them, when he saw the leprosy had stopped, because he did what Jesus said with the other nine. They were all on their way to the priest, but he saw that he was cleansed. So I don't think this was many minutes later. I don't think this was very far off. I don't think this was miles and miles away. He suddenly saw the leprosy had stopped. What did he do? You know, he turned back and with a loud voice began to glorify God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now listen, sometimes giving of thanks is a corresponding action. Sometimes praise is a corresponding. Oh, I think the Lord told us something about that here at Cornerstone. He wants us to rejoice. What is that? It's a corresponding action. Not based on what you see. Not based on what you feel. Because a lot of people say this would be a day of seriousness and soberness. And you really sing all slow songs. And let's mourn a little bit. Let's weep a little bit. But the Lord said it's time for us to rejoice. So what should we do? We, where we've been rejoicing around here. What is that? That's a corresponding action. Y'all are good at it. And see, we can do it corporately, but you need to incorporate this individually. 
It's not just corporate, it's individual. And so you do this individual, this is how you live your life. This is how you walk in healing. This is how you walk in prosperity. This is how you walk in peace. This is how you walk in joy. This is how you're at the right job, doing the right thing at the right time. This is how if you're single, you get the right man or the right woman. You know what I'm saying? Ha ha. I understand that. You got, so do, yeah, hallelujah. All right, I'll go show yourself the priest. Came to pass and I saw that he was healed. Turned back without voice, glorified God. And uh, Jesus said, there are 10 of you cleansed. Where are the nine? And this, again, it's interesting, a lot of times the Lord really loves to point out non-covenant people getting it. Dude did not get healed because he was a covenant man. He didn't have one. Faith healed him. Obedience healed him. His corresponding action healed him. His gratitude caused him to turn around. And he began to be, you know, he, began, he was from southern Jerusalem. He was gracious and kind. You'll get, some of you will get that later. Hallelujah. I mean, from the south, y'all, we're, we're known for our kindness. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's keep it that way. All right. And um, the stranger, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, I know some people say, well, there's no proof that anything else happened. But when the Lord, when the Bible says your faith made you whole, there's got to be, he, he distinguished him from the other nine. And so I firmly believe, and if you don't want to, that's fine. And I'm not trying to give you an opinion here, but when the Bible says your faith made you whole, you can't be whole without, with a finger missing. Amen. You can't be whole. I mean, the Lord gave him a nose job. That's a good one. That's perfect. Hallelujah. I mean, got all his fingers back, got all his toes back. Amen. If you've ever seen leprosy, it's cruel. It's nasty. What, what did that? The nine got cleansed. Their leprosy is gone. But the ten who did another corresponding action, they all called on the Lord. The Lord told them what to do. They did it. They got healed. But as they went, one of them says, I got to turn. I want to go thank him. And I don't know. He probably didn't know what he's doing. It, just the graciousness of his heart. He went back and thanked him. And, and the Lord so, and that moves God, your thanksgiving, because it's another kind of corresponding action than what it did. It made him whole. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's do this. I'm going to give you something to think about. We made it to waiting on God. I'm going to have a long time to talk about it. But this, I think, is a big thing among us. Because, yes, should we wait on God? We sing a good song. Travis sings a good song. Remember? We're out of Isaiah. Let's turn there. Isaiah 40. Come on, is that one we all get excited about? This is what happens when you wait. Hallelujah. Y'all remember? We love that one, right? Isaiah 40. But I think really as a whole, we, we have to watch Waiting is not inactive. Waiting is not do nothing. That's the wrong kind of, that's worldly waiting. Waiting on God is way different. So let's look at it. Let's see if there's uh, verse 29. He gives power to the faint. Aren't you glad? He increases and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Even you shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that, what are we doing? Wait on the Lord. What does that word wait? It means to exchange. So those who exchange. So that in itself is an action verb. That word wait there means to exchange. Everybody say exchange. So I'm exchanging my strength for his strength, which is a good deal. So exchanging is an action. I said exchanging is an action. Don't, don't let, let this be too simple. And it says, and they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll, they shall what? Mount up is not doing nothing. If you got to mount up, you're doing something. They, they shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall. Well, that sure is not doing nothing. Because this is the deal. I'm tired. I don't got no strength. I don't feel like running. But when you wait on the Lord, when you really do it right, when you exchange, when it's a demonstration, when, when it's real faith, you exchange. And then when you exchange with him, suddenly you have his strength. But his strength won't be activated until you run. I said his strength won't be activated until you begin to run. You got to do something. You got to do something. 
You got to do something. Not just say something, you got to do something. And yet that doing comes from knowing what God wants you to do. Amen. Amen. Simple one. Well, I'm just believing for a new job. Well, you got any resumes out? Have you talked to anyone? Are you believing, actively believing? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I believe he's going to open up something. Well, you believe wrong. I just believe he's going to drop it in my lap. He could, yes, he could. But it's more likely to happen by you, uh, by the um, anointing of king method. David. Not you, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you. Is there any more? And the best one was out tending the sheep, the one God had anointed. Waiting, are y'all with me? Waiting is not inactivity. Well, I'm just waiting on God. I hear that so much. I'm just waiting on God. And, and not to make, make light of, because we learn things and we learn vernacular. Sometimes in our circle, when, when something doesn't manifest right away, people feel like people are looking at them and judging them. We're not judgy around here. No, y'all, this Wednesday night, we are not judgy around here. We are not, we are not looking at you thinking, why aren't you this? Why aren't, no, we're not judgy around here. Because, uh, um, <laughs> you know, those who judgy uh, get judged. Come on. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I am not judgy. I'm not judging you. We're all learning. I'm still under construction. My spiritual mama, Nancy Graham, said when we would take teams to Brazil, she said, I'm going to get you all a T-shirt that says, I am under construction. Because we're all learning stuff. She's telling us, you know, be patient with one another. Everybody's at different places in God. You haven't arrived. They haven't arrived. Let's all learn together. Right? And that we're still doing that. But you ought to understand, though, that, you know, so a lot of times people, they've picked up lingo that holds them in a place. Well, I'm just waiting on my manifestation. No. Because if you believe something, you do something. Does it mean everything instantly shows up like healing? Nope. Bible says you lay hands on the sick and they recover. That's a process sometimes. It's not all instant. Thank God for the instant. Do you like instant? I like instant. I like microwave. Hallelujah. I like the fact that the food that they have microwavable is tasting much better than it did 20, 30 years ago. Hallelujah. Or whenever it first came out. But so it's not that. But can you see that in action, the man had faith to be healed, but he had to get up. And sometimes our faith will cause us to do something. But a lot of times people are saying, well, I'm just waiting on God. And they'll even use this scripture. The Bible says to wait on the Lord. But even in this scripture, there's lots of doing. There's exchanging. There's mounting up. There's running. All right. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews 10.35. Hebrews 10.35. We'll start in the King James and uh, we'll see if that's where we want to stay. Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Verse 36. For you have need of, let's say that word together. Patience. Perseverance. Persistence. Patience. That, what is this? What? Because see, some people say, well, I'm just being patient. with the, I'm just patiently waiting on the Lord. Just being patient. Because the Bible tells us, you know, fruit of the Spirit is patience. So we're just supposed to be patient. And if we're patient, you know, it may not show up. Because this is then the phrases start to come out. Well, I'm just waiting on God. You know, he's sovereign. And, and you know, um, uh, he'll get it to me in his time. It's his time. Oh, watch out for that his time stuff. I just believe it's timing. Amen. There could be some of that. But it's not mostly. For you have need of patience that after you have You got to do something. After the doing, you still might have to be patient, but it does, but you, but can you see patience after you have done the will of God that you would receive the promise? 
So patience doesn't mean just putting everything off 10 years or tomorrow. If that's what's happened, we need to find out what weren't we, are we, were we supposed to be doing something? Or are we supposed to be doing something? Because after you've done the will of God, what happens? You receive the promise. After you've done the will of God, after you've done the will of God. I, I've told you story after story. When we tried to get in the A-frame, we didn't have any money. I was praying one day and the Holy Ghost said, call the bank. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Because I've already been there twice and they already slapped me down twice. Why would I go again? You have to believe you can hear from God. Can you hear from God? Can you hear from God? See, at first, it was my faith initiating because we needed a building. So we got to get a building. And at that time, we needed a loan. Well, that's your mistake, Pastor Mark. You should not have any loans. I don't have time to teach you right now, but that is not. <laughs> anyway, all right. Loans are not. Uh, you should be, if you can pay, you're fine. It's better to be a, a lender than a borrower, but a, being a borrower doesn't make you a sinner. That's right, sir. Amen. <laughs> All right. So we're going to borrow money because we got to have a church. But so I initiated. We began to look. We found something. So you've heard the story, but he said, call. Call this bank. And I got a hold of somebody different. How many of the Lord... Lord he, you say, oh, he don't care about me like that. He cares about you like that. He cares about you like that. So I called, got a different one. Sometimes, in different, uh, sometimes I say his name, but I appreciate him. Wherever he is today, Lord bless him. He said, bring your stuff in. Yep. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. Nothing had changed. We didn't suddenly, you know, some uh, 10, 20 new people didn't come to the church that are all billionaires and start tithing. Nothing changed. Nothing. Except God. Because we were doing what we knew to do. We were doing, we were doing, we were doing. I'd done everything. I'd done what I felt led to do. And then, see, you do what you feel led to do. You feel what even faith would have you do. And then God. And then God. And then God, he said, call him right now. Called him, went in, easy peasy. Next, you know, he, he rams it through. The next day after he got our loan approved, he resigned and moved. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Again, Lord, bless him wherever he's at. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thirty-seven. For yet a little while, and he shall come, will not tarry. Verse thirty-eight. Now the just shall live by faith. Can't draw back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse thirty-nine. But we are not of them who draw back, and to perdition. But of them believe saving soul. The drawing back. I'm just waiting on God. The drawing back. I'm just waiting on God. Yes, even it is coming. We're, we're waiting on Him. We can't do anything about that. But we're actively preaching the gospel. We're actively uh, looking for him. We're actively believing. We know he's coming back. I'm listening for a, the trumpet. When I feel like it's coming, you might feel me like hanging around the graveyards. Hallelujah. Not in a creepy way, but in an excited way. Because the dead in Christ shall rise first. Hallelujah. That would be fun. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, I'm not doing it. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm not. Don't worry. Hallelujah. It's not time yet anyway. We got some work to do. Amen. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.